Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo celebrities here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. All right, here we go with part three. So I thought that part three was, I don't know, part three was my quote unquote favorite part. Now, I mean, I'm saying favorite, like, I don't know, the worst, the best of the three evils, I guess, because <laughs> I didn't enjoy any of it. Um, but I guess it just had the most egregious things in it. And it had the most, you know, I don't know, maybe like stupid things said that are just so ridiculous. So maybe that's why I liked it the most because I was like, seriously? And like, it's almost like borderline entertaining at this point. Okay, so Bethany starts with talking about how like, oh, like at the reunion, there was like a pill bottle and it was thrown around. Like, okay, that was Schwartz's pill bottle, which he took out and threw around by his own choice. No one, like, like, on Bravo, Andy wasn't like, hey, or Schwartz, are you on medication? Can you take it out of your pocket and can we all share it? Like, she mentions this, Bethany, so quickly, with just, like, in passing, with no context, no detail, right? Because just, like, I don't know if she's hoping that the average listener who maybe didn't watch the reunion or has no memory of it is going to just be like, oh, they threw around a pill bottle? But, like, those are, that's not Bravo fans. Like, she, know your audience. Bravo fans, we remember, we pay attention. Like, Bravo fans will call you on every detail if it's inaccurate, which, like, that's, that one, that was, that one was wild to me that Bethany even thought to mention that. Again, if she watched it, like, it, which it's starting to sound like she watched it in the background while she was, like, I don't know, eating crab legs or doing something else and completely missed the context. And this is what happens when you try to do an interview where you don't know anything. Uh, then they talk about how, you know, Andy told uh, Variety that he thought Raquel was medicated. Raquel says she was medicated. She's like, well, I was. I was on antidepressants. Okay, like, so is everyone. Whatever. Anyways, a lot of people are on antidepressants, okay? That's not, like, so am I. So I, it doesn't make you, like, this special victim. That just means that you are on antidepressants, which, good for you. It's good that you're dealing with that, Okay. Anyways, Andy doesn't know you're on anti- and antidepressants are not going to make someone seem like they have no empathy, that they don't give a shit about other people, and they're not going to make anyone act the way that Raquel acted at the reunion. Like, unless she's talking- like, we're not talking about, like, a sedative or Xanax or something in this case. And it doesn't even matter. That's just his opinion based on his observations of how you were acting. Okay. So she's like, I don't know. I feel like Andy shouldn't have said this and it like violates some sort of HIPAA law. It does not violate any law or any HIPAA law. He can have an opinion on your behavior. 
Just like anyone could have an opinion. Oh, that person seems drunk over there. Okay. HIPAA doesn't apply to Andy. It pertains to providers and patients. Okay. It's not reality show hosts and producers and the stars who are on it. <laughs> like, it's not reality show producers and their opinions. That's, it doesn't pertain to that. It's just, it's, abs it's absurd. You have to be a moron to think that HIPAA applies to this. And I mean, that's just it, isn't it? So, and then Bethany's like, well, you know, and I don't think an employer, you know, can say that about a person who works for them or say that they're medicated. That's private information. No, that's not what's happening, Bethany. It's not like Raquel went to Andy and was like, Andy, I'm taking the this medication and that medication. And then Andy went on an interview with Variety and said, okay, so Raquel told me these are what she's taking. That's not what happened. Andy was saying she seemed so stiff and unemotional. I almost thought she was on something. That he's not giving up some information that Raquel told him. In fact, it's the opposite. He's making a guess because he doesn't know. On top of that, I mean, if we're going to get technical here... She's technically no longer employed at the point where Andy did the Variety interview. So I'm just saying her contract was up. The reunion was over. So technically, he wasn't talking about a current employee. All right. So ugh, just this whole thing is so it's so annoying. And there are so many obvious just fallacies and things taken out of context. It's very frustrating to listen to. Um, and like I said, Andy's interview was post-season. He also said that in defense of her because everyone was saying that she had no emotions, no remorse. It wasn't meant to be an insult. Like he was actually saying that to say, you know, well, you know, maybe she didn't show a lot of emotion because of possibly being on something. Like he was actually trying to defend people saying like, wow, she has no empathy. She's a sociopath, blah, blah, blah. Like that's what people were saying. Like, the revisionist history is just astounding in this in this part of the interview. Well, actually, in all of it. So Bethany says, you know, people, like, ask, ask me, like, why are you doing this? I'm the shining golden child that made the money and got out. They would have had me back any time. That's a direct quote from Bethany, by the way. But she wasn't asked back. So, like, that's the funny part to me. She's like, I, they would have had me back any time. Actually, on Watch What Happens Live, it was revealed by Andy on Bethany's last time on it that she was not, in fact, asked back. She was not asked to be a part of Roni Legacy, nor did they ask her to be on the Roni, you know, Legacy, whatever you want to call it, girls trip show. Um, and Andy made it pretty clear in that interview that the door was closed. So, like, she just, she has to save her ego, though. He said that on Watch What Happens Live. The whole world learned that the door was closed on Bravo for Bethany. Well, for now. And and her face, if you go back, you can go on YouTube, find the 2023 Bethany Andy interview. Her face is like, you can see the hurt. Like, you can see that she's, like, was not expecting it. Like, Andy's like, that train has left the station, all this kind of stuff. He even tries to save her, though, in the interview. Like, he doesn't say it in a, like, we don't want you anymore. Like, he says it like, 
oh, we did just don't think that didn't think Bethany would want to come back. Like almost like she's above this now or she's you know what I mean? Or she's she's moved on. And he tries to say that, you know, we just don't didn't we just didn't ask her because we didn't think we could reach a deal, which like that's kind of saying like we probably can't afford her. So I kind of think that makes her look good. Um, so but she can't help herself. She's got to boast always forever boasting. She has to make sure everyone knows she's the golden child, star of the network, most successful, highest paid, most popular. Whether all that's true or not is a completely different story. That may have been true at one point. Like there was a time where like Bethany was, you know, we all listened to everything Bethany said. We all loved Bethany. Like, but that that's been over for a long time because ever since Bethany left the show, she's been acting just erratically she's annoying like she's annoying as fuck on social media and just all around and she's had a lot of garbage opinions most of them garbage i would say and and she's also doing the thing of like oh i'm above housewives i'm too good for housewives but then uh, a week later she's like i'm doing a recap podcast like right so this is really you know she she played the game wrong after she left Bravo. She misses being the quote-unquote golden child. She misses when everyone had her up on a pedestal and were giving her special treatment. And, and she misses when she knew the door was open from Bravo and she could, you know, swing by anytime. But those days are over and she can't handle it. So now we are watching her literally implode in front of our eyes. You know, we're watching like a full-grown temper tantrum occur. That's what's happening. That's why she's doing this like union thing, all this. It's all just because she's trying to save face from that Watch What Happens live interview and she can't take the loss. She just, she, like Raquel, they can't take the loss. It's really all about her, like about that interview though. I just, I have to go back to that because it was just so wild. She was humiliated when she wasn't asked to be on Legacy she was also humiliated when Jeff Lewis is like, okay, so sell your podcast. Like, oh, no one's ever done a rewatch podcast before. Like, her face was like, what? It, like, you can just see it. You can really just, oh my God, you got to look up the clips. It's, it's hilarious. Um, but her ego is extremely fragile. So I would say that, and you can go to my Instagram. I posted the clips. Um, so go to at the Bravo Papers or at Bravo and Botox. If you look for the Instagram post about um, my part one of my Bethany Raquel interview recap or this one, I can put it up again. You'll find it. Then Bethany and Raquel talk about how this is, you know, this time at the reunion where Raquel was being like uh, sworn at or whatever, insulted by everyone. Like this is where the line was crossed. Like, this is what got Bethany kind of on this train of taking down Bravo, which I'm like, really? This is what it, like, what about, you know, Taylor being abused and then her husband, like that whole thing and her ex-husband who committed suicide and all the stuff that went on on camera that was like fucked up. What about Naked Wasted? What about Erica Jane? What about Jen Shot? Like... I mean, and I can think of 5,000 better examples 
of things that or or scary island is a way better example of things that that i would say the network actually kind of what's it called manipulated or took advantage of on camera but i mean this whole thing with raquel like first of all most of it happened off camera and was hidden from the show like <laughs> it's just okay so I went back and just rewatched this part of the reunion because Andy, or sorry, not Andy, Bethany and Raquel are talking about how when she, she walked off and how it was kind of like manipulative for Andy to be like, hold on, come back or, or to go like get her to come back and sit down. I was like, did that even happen? So I went back. This is what actually happens. Raquel's getting... I don't know what we want to call it, lectured, yelled at, whatever, by Ariana. She starts to stand up. Andy doesn't get up. He just says, hold on, come back as she's walking away. And that's it. And he stays in his seat. She walks off. She goes backstage. And they're like, you okay? Or whatever the producers. And she's like, I just need some water. She has a sip of water. And then she immediately walks back on. No one has to coax her. No one has to convince her. No one has to come back and give her like a little like, you know, pep talk and be like, go back out there. There's like he didn't run after her and he didn't pressure her to go back on. The rest of the uh, the rest of the cast was even like, yeah, let her go. We don't need her. Bye. Bye. Like they literally all say that. Like she. It's just like this idea, like like. Bethany's trying to make it out like Andy like ran back there and like manipulated at her into coming back on. That actually didn't happen. I'm just saying. And why is Bethany acting like this was like the straw that broke the camel's back? Like Bethany, people walk off the reunions all the time. It's happened 50 gajillion times before this. Like it has happened so many times and there have been way worse, more dramatic ones than this. Like way worse. Oh, okay. Anyways, and this is the, but this was the one that was too far. The one where she goes to get some water. And Raquel even says, she's like, oh no, I was just thirsty. Like I had to go get a drink. Like <laughs> It's just, Raquel's too dumb to see what Bethany's trying to do. So, which is kind of good because she doesn't take the bait um, at times like this. Like she does take it sometimes, but it's like, <laughs> It's, it's kind of funny, like watching Bethany try. And then she's like, no, I just wanted like a sip of water from my water bottle. Like my mouth was a little parched. Anyways. Um, so then Bethany's like, did you have a mental health advocate? She said she was promised a mental health advocate, but it was taken away from her. She thinks it was because it was a punishment for doing the interview at the nail salon. She says the paparazzi guy found her, quote unquote. So she's still lying. Just I just want to point that out to everyone. She's lying to us in real time because that is not what I'm sorry. That was the most set up paparazzi interview ever. Um, anyway, so the, the network was angry. So they punished her by not giving her a mental health advocate. I mean, if that's true, it's very wrong. But I just find that extremely hard to believe. Like I, I anyways. So. Then she starts talking about how when it got out that she went to the mental health treatment center. Um, she says, it got out that I was at the Meadows for mental health treatment. And I, I was a little confused about this. Like, did it? Wasn't it? I thought she was originally at the Miravel Resort because she, her and Tom couldn't go to Coachella. And then he was there. 
And then didn't they post that he was there and it, and then he like went on this rant on his social media about how how they shouldn't have done that and because they implied that he was visiting with the lyrics from the intro song and all that. Like she keeps saying Meadows, which I, I'm sure she went to this Meadows place, but I still think she originally was at Miravelle and then left because of because it got leaked and there was backlash. That's that's just my opinion. I don't have a fact on that. I'm just saying. So there was never any time like that it got out that she was at the Meadows that I remember. Like this is the first interview that I've heard that name. All the other discussion from the past was about Miraval, as far as I remember. Because that was, you know, now I guess she's trying to say, well, I was never at uh, Miraval. That's, anyways. So I could be wrong. Maybe it did get out. She was at Meadows and uh, later and I just forgot. So what she says about how it got out is that she ran into one of her peers. So I'm assuming that's just a friend, someone who knows her, maybe somebody who also works in the entertainment industry. And they basically outed her for being there. So it was not someone who was on the show, though, just to clarify, because she said that the person she ran into, they hadn't watched the show and they didn't know anything about the scandal. And again, she's like, this is like such a violation of my privacy. Yeah, that is a violation of her privacy. She's right. But it's not Bravo's fault. And it's not your castmate's fault either that you ran into someone you knew and they sold the story or whatever. Like, that's, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, she just, she wants someone to blame for everything and it's always the wrong person. <laughs> so Raquel says her team reached out to Bravo with paperwork to clear up that she was not at the spa, the Miravel spa, but they didn't do it. I, I don't know. Uh, to me, Maybe, I don't know, maybe unpopular opinion. I don't think it's Bravo's responsibility to clear up a rumor that she was at Miraval, especially when I think she was at Miraval, at least for a little bit, before she went to a real place. And why didn't her team do it? That's why you have a PR team. That's their job. They put out the stories of you getting going to rehab in the first place, which backfired because then it came out about Miraval. So why don't you release it? Okay, so she said that her people had like her paperwork. She was really at the Meadows. Okay, so they could have proved it. That's their job to dispel those rumors. Like it's not Bravo's job to do the press work. And that's why they have public relations people with that job. You are supposed to hire them and they are supposed to do it for you. It's not their job to dispel every rumor that comes out from a random friend who decides to talk to the press. But, you know, Raquel says, you know, they just wanted to keep the salacious narrative going. Again, she just learned that word yesterday. Um, Raquel asked for her tuition and treatment to be covered and Bravo refused to pay. And she thinks it's because it would mean they're admitting guilt. I mean, it would. And by the way, I mean, I can see their perspective. They might be like, well, if you didn't fuck Tom, none of this would have happened. And then you wouldn't be in Meadows. So why do we have to pay for it? I'm just saying. 
So Raquel says someone from the network reached out to offer security to her house recently, but too little, too late. She's like, all of a sudden, Bravo's offering services, which that is something I think they should have done is like when if she was getting death threats and stuff like that. Yeah, they should have reached out with security. So I'll give her that. I agree. Bethany asks about all the merch being sold online, the online hate. And I mean, those are two. I mean, I guess the hate kind of goes with the merch. I don't know. I guess. Because, like, people aren't going to buy a shirt that says, like, I hate Rachel. Like, people were more buying things that were, like, pro-Ariana. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, Raquel says that, you know, she the send it to Daryl was the worst thing. If that was the worst thing, then the merch and all the stuff out there wasn't that bad. Because that wasn't that bad at all. That was nothing. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Like, Bravo trolls their own Bravo liberties worse than that. Like, they had on their Twitter profile, their bio was, like, spring, summer, September or something, like, trolling Sheree. Like, the Daryl thing, that's not even bad. Calm down. So, and Raquel's upset. Let's break this down. So Raquel is upset that Lala was smart enough to make money off of her own phrase that she said and came up with. And then she mentions how Lala bought a house with the down payment. So what? How does that affect you? You have nothing to do with that. Like, yeah, you sent the deceased letter. Lala made fun of who it was sent to. And Lala's who it was sent to joke, she capitalized off. You didn't come up with that. Like, Raquel didn't come up with send it to Daryl. It's not like Lala took a line from Raquel's email that she sent to Lala and capitalized off that. Like, seriously, the audacity that she even thinks. What a sense of fucking entitlement. Like, you're entitled to that? Like, get out of here. Similar to the necklace, by the way, the Bambi-eyed bitch thing. I just want to point out that that was Lala's line, and Raquel 100% tried to capitalize on that and, like, make it her thing so she could get more attention and would get a bigger role on Vanderpump Rules when she first started out. Okay, Lala called her that. Everyone loved it. And then Raquel posted a picture of a deer on her Instagram, and then she also went to Coachella wearing a Bambi-eyed bitch necklace. So who's stealing whose ideas? Like, Raquel, it's not everyone else's fault that you're not funny and clever and that Lala is. Sorry. Anyways. So then she says, you know, I just think the cast, like, on the show was, you know, because Bethany's like, were they doing their jobs just to make money? Or do you think they, you know, they were, like, being authentic. And she's like, I just think they're doing their jobs to make money. Like, okay, groundbreaking. She whines about the girls trip. It was traumatic. She had to drink to ease her anxiety. Like, I'm sorry. They've all done that. They've all gone on trips that were traumatic or where they were like the one that was on the outs with the friend group. They were the one who was like in the conflicts the cast had turned on for that hot minute or season or whatever. They've all been through that. Like, nothing that you've been through is any worse 
or exceptional from things that people have been doing on reality TV for the last 20 years. And and I would say that what she went through on the girls trip was like, I wouldn't even put it in the top 50 of like traumatic trips where someone has been left out and treated poorly on a reality show. Like literally not even the top 50. And I'm not saying that to use hyperbole. I'm a serious. I can name so many worse things on reality TV. It's just like, it's not everyone else's fault that you don't have, that you have the thinnest skin ever. You can't handle even the slightest conflict or more, actually not even conflict, more that she can't handle not always being loved and adored. Like, I'm sorry that your whole life you haven't been said no to. And because you're like really pretty, everybody's just like bends over for you. That's, sorry, that doesn't fly here. It's not going to get you through the whole rest of your life. Anyways, she talks about how the girls congratulated her off camera about her drunk actions, but then were mad on camera. Like, how could you say that? Okay, so I don't know if that's true because I can't believe anything Raquel says because she lies constantly. But let's just say she's telling the truth. She did the same thing. Lala said on her podcast that off camera... Raquel was making comments about how her whole like kissing Schwartz was going to make such good TV and how she was like bragging about it's going to be such good TV, guys. So you were all doing that. So I don't like you. Why do you want sympathy for it now? And then she says she understands, though, that they're trying to make a good reality show. Like, didn't she like you said you were doing the same thing. And she also said that that's why she had sex with Sandoval, because she was looking up to her castmates who had affairs in the past and made good TV. So you were doing it too. Except what you were doing was way worse. (laughs) There have been so many reports of her saying that she wanted to do shit on camera to make good reality TV too. I can't even believe she brought this up as a point. Like things like, oh yeah, other things. She's confronting uh, James on camera all the time, even though he made it clear as day, he didn't want to talk to her. And every time she came, every time she came up to him last season, he was like, oh, like you could tell he was like, oh, can you get her away? Like, how am I going to get out of the scene? And then her like constantly going up to Allie to try to make scenes. And Allie was like, oh, like after the first, like Allie was down for the first conversation. But after that, she was like, oh, like just trying to be the head bitch in charge with her attitude. And like, just, you know, again, she thought she was going to come out as the queen of the season and she failed miserably. Can't take the loss. So then we talk about Graham. Oh, man, there is a lot here. So we've got that story, you know, that we kind of already know that Graham bit her mom to the bone. They researched a dog rescue. He couldn't get rehomed. The dog rescue reached out to LVP for a donation, um, which I guess was supposed to be confidential. And basically, okay, so I, I this part I thought was very interesting because Bethany has to throw Andy in here as an example. She's like, oh yeah, d- people have to rehome dogs all the time. Like things happen with dogs. You know, Andy had to give away a dog for being aggressive with the baby. Any chance to throw Andy in. And I know why she did that. She's that that example was purposeful. She's hoping that we're all going to hear that and it'll reignite an internet fury 
of people coming after Andy on social media for rehoming his dog. That's what she's hoping. Like, she's she's so transparent and she thinks she's not. It's It's really kind of embarrassing. Anyway, so Raquel says that there's a reason she didn't want James to have the dog because he didn't have dog experience. I mean, it doesn't seem like... Raquel has dog experience, but anyways, and is part of the reason that Graham was a biter because he would encourage Graham to bite his hands hard because I guess he liked the sensation and that trained him to be a biter. So again, like she's not taking any accountability for the dog's behavior. It's someone else's fault that the dog was a biter. The dog was yours too, Raquel. I believe this about James encouraging the dog to bite him because I think I remember him like talking about having that fetish of like liking being hurt or something. But do I think that that excuses Raquel? No. You still had the dog on your own for months and didn't put in any effort, it seems, to get him retrained or fixed or uh, whatever the right word is for retraining a dog and helping them uh, rehabilitate. That's the word. And you wouldn't even let James see him. And then he seemed to have gotten worse when he was with you because that's when he bit your mom down to the bone. So, like, I don't know why she's going down this road. Anyway, so it came out that Graham was filming in Tahoe and Raquel said her stomach dropped. Her mom reached out to the foster who said, yeah, isn't it lovely Lisa adopted him? Which it is, because he wouldn't have been, he wasn't able to be rehomed. So he may not have been able to ever have a chance at a home besides, like, Lisa doing this and giving him to James. Like, there was no other option for this dog. That's what it sounds like to me. I could be wrong, but that's what it sounds like. So the rescue center felt said, this is in Raquel's words. It's lovely he was adopted because as Raquel said, he couldn't be rehomed. But Raquel doesn't like this. She doesn't like what's best for the dog because it makes her look bad. Because then she says that her and her mom were upset because it makes Raquel look like the villain who got rid of the dog and James like the hero. They're right. It does look like that. And that could have been purposeful by LVP. And James, I don't know if they sat down and planned that, but it also could just be that LVP is obsessed with dogs and and would do that. There's some truth to what she's saying, but there's also truth that, again, like what is best for Graham makes her look bad. But again, that's not Bravo's fault or Andy's fault, just to clarify. And even Bethany, when it's so funny, because when Bethany hears about the dog story, you can tell she didn't know anything about this. Um, she was like, oh, God, you got yourself into a whole shitstorm, Jesus. Because you could tell Bethany knows that the dog thing is like a very sensitive issue that people are going to have like serious opinions about. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, Bethany finally admitted that this is partly Raquel's fault. Anyways. So Raquel says, like, she would never go back to the show. Like, I would never go back. Which, I mean, that's easy to say now because you're you're never going to, you know you're never going to be invited back and they don't want you back. Like, she tried to negotiate and she failed. So, yeah, it's so easy to be like, no, I wouldn't go back because, like, reality TV is evil and it's, like, bad for my mental health. Okay, yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's like Bethany saying that now. It's meaningless. 
It's like when Rena's like, let's all boycott BravoCon. Well, like, bitch, you weren't invited. So obviously it's easy to boycott it when you weren't invited. But then then she admits that she was going to go back if she got equal pay to Tom and Ariana and if they covered her rehab. That's what she says. But they said no. So here's the real reason she didn't go back. It had nothing to do with like her wanting what's best for her mental health and and her thinking reality TV's evil evil and wanting to take like a stand against it. It's because she didn't get the money that she wanted. And if she had, she'd be there. Believe you me. And again, like she literally says she would have gone back if they'd paid her equal because it would make her feel valued. Like the amount of self-worth that this girl has wrapped up in money, attention, and sex slash men is, it's actually really sad. Anyways, the other thing is like, you don't just, I'm sorry, maybe unpopular opinion, but you don't deserve to be paid equally to Ariana and Tom. They have been on the show for 10 years. She was on the show for five and was not a full cast member until I think season eight, maybe even nine. I talked about it in my Raquel episode, but it wasn't until the last like two seasons where she was even a full-time cast member. The other ones, she was just like a... Uh, They have an official name for it, but she was basically like a friend of what we would call it in the housewives world. So the fact that she's even trying to like, the fact that she even thinks she deserves the same money as Tom and Ariana is psychotic to me. Like she is what the freaking Gen Z kids, like Delulu. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (sighs) Okay. And, And clearly Bravo doesn't, even see her as that valuable because they just they were like okay no and they let her go and she's not that valuable like this story can go on and be told without her of the three main people in the story okay let's look at them tom ariana raquel the least valuable one is raquel she's like the side chick who doesn't have any authentic friendships with anyone else in the group She has no other ties to the group. Ariana has ties to the group. She's opening a business with Katie. She has actual friends in the group. Tom, like, forget about the whole sex tape thing, because I still think he should be fired for that. But let's just pretend that doesn't exist for a second. He is tied to the group. Schwartz is his best friend. He owns a business with Schwartz. He owns a business with LVP. He's been in the group for 10 years. Like, Him and Ariana are the OGs. Raquel is like a very newbie who only got on the show because she was having sex with James. Not because she's a good TV character, by the way. Like, love, like, I know, like, love him or hate Tom, which everyone hates him. He's still a better TV character than she is. Like, let's just be honest. And Ariana, like, I don't think Ariana is like the best reality TV character, but she's better than Raquel. (laughs) And she has an interesting story to tell, which is seeing her coming back from what happened, opening her business. She's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Like, she has a lot of stuff to show us. We also haven't seen her single. And a lot of people really want to see what is Ariana like without Tom. I do. I'm interested in that. Am I interested in what Raquel is like? No. I I know she's so one-dimensional and boring. Like, we know. Next, right? Like, honestly. 
So then she says that she has a no um, contact policy with every single cast member. I literally laughed out loud when I read this because, like, it's, again, it's like Lisa Rinna boycotting BravoCon that she wasn't invited to. It's easy to have a no contact policy when no one wants to contact you. They don't want to be friends with you. So, like, you know, it's just... Okay, anyways. She does say that Lala reached out, I guess, right after. Um, just to, you know, say, like, she could mend things, I guess, eventually if she really put the effort in or something like that. And then she's like, no, but she just wants me to help her take down Randall, which is strange. I don't... Maybe there's something I don't know. Or something Raquel knows about Randall that would help Lala. I don't know. Or I actually think it's because I think that Lala saw Sandoval as the real villain. I think that Lala just thought, like, this girl is just dumb and this isn't really who she is and she could be redeemed. Which I actually think a lot of people had that attitude after the reunion. Like, I do think Raquel could have... She could have saved her image and come back from everything until now. She's ruined it now, but she could have. If she had just stayed quiet you know, all this time after leaving the show, she was in rehab for like a long time. So people were like, okay, she's actually doing the work. And then if she had come back and actually like tried to be the reformed villain who really truly felt remorse, she might have, I mean, it still would have been tough because a lot of the cast probably wouldn't film with her, but she would have had a chance. And now she has no chance. Um, She also had a phone call with LVP um, she said she told LVP that James is not a good dog parent. I mean, like, what's LVP going to do? The dog needs a home. James wants the dog and loves the dog. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I, the dog can't be rehomed. So, and otherwise it would have been maybe dead, which is much worse. Um, I guess LVP said that she tried to convince, or she said that LVP tried to convince her to come back to have like a one-on-one, which LVP did confirm confirm this the other day in a like a street TMZ interview. And LVP's like, you know, I thought we could sit down, just try to like talk about what happened, whatever. Um, Raquel says like, you know, she was almost convinced um, because she was angry about Graham being used as a pawn, but ultimately didn't do it. Again, because she didn't get paid enough, not because she has such high moral standards. So Raquel says that Tom has emailed her twice. Um, and again, like, yeah, Lala and Lisa were the only ones who kind of thought she could come back or wanted her back. The, the, all these make sense to me because Lala felt Raquel was a victim of a narcissist, like Lala feels she's a victim of with Randall. LVP just probably was like, yeah, it's probably good for the show. And Tom is... Like, Tom is the one she slept with. So it just, those make sense. But those three are not enough. <laughs> They're just not. LVP's barely on the show. Tom is, like, the biggest villain. Everyone hates him. And, like, Lala's just one person. So it's really not enough. Bethany says it's crazy that they asked her to come back to this unsafe place that caused her mental breakdown, etc. Well, they, I don't think... That's why they asked her. They asked her to come back because of the affair. 
Like, <laughs> it's just... And Bethany, they always ask people back who've had a tumultuous, crazy season. Like, that's the way that this game... Like, why is Bethany acting like she doesn't know any of this? Like, she's acting like she's wasn't on The Housewives for 10 years. It's like, it's wild. Raquel says she wants to, oh God, start her own podcast. Like, God help us, like, Jesus fix it. Which it will be a great way to, to, you know, share my side of the story. And, you know, like, she could bring on experts to talk about self-help. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that this interview is going to help with that ambition. Because this interview has shown that she is incapable of self-improvement. That she's been in therapy for, like, 40 days. And hasn't changed at all. And has learned nothing. And that uh, in two minutes of being in an interview with someone making excuses for her has completely regressed. So I, I don't think that that's the right job for you, Raquel. Not to mention that who is going to listen to a podcast with the girl who can whose voice is so annoying and can barely get a sentence out? Like, is that the right medium for you? I don't think it is. It just, it isn't. It's, I, I like, I am gobsmacked here. And then she says this is like an untapped area because no one wants to talk about being the other woman. Oh, okay. So this is going to be a mistress podcast. We're going to gather all the mistresses and talk about how tough it was for them. You think people are going to want to listen to that? And that people are going to have sympathy for that or give a shit about that? And that you're the one to host it? Like, I might listen to a podcast hosted by, like, uh, who was the one who um, slept with Bill Clinton? What was her name? Ugh. Guys, it's killing me. What was her name? Got it. Monica Lewinsky. Like, that is a mistress who could have a podcast. <laughs> She's got a story to tell. Uh, Raquel, not so much. Sorry. So that's the end of part three. This whole, honestly, this whole three-part interview, besides just being a dumpster fire, like, Bethany is, I want to play this clip to just kind of, like, end it off. Because this was something that, she said in one of her many, many TikToks. Okay, so I'm going to play it. Um, let me find it. But I think Bethany's in this world where like if she, I think she used to be someone who if she said something, everyone would listen and everyone would take it to heart. And I think she misses that. Like she's not that person anymore. And I think that's what's really killing her. But she's still kind of living in the delusion that what she says matters when it really, like, it really doesn't. She's also living in, like, the delusion of, delusional world of, like, that she's still this, like, powerhouse, well-respected, you know, businesswoman in that all the Bravo people are still, like, bowing down at her feet and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's over. Like, she did have that for a while, but... The problem with her is that she ruined it for herself because she can't shut the fuck up. Her constantly talking, like, she's done this to herself through her use of social media. And now 
because of it and because she's become such like an embarrassment saying with so many garbage opinions and all this kind of stuff that even Bravo is like, yeah, we're good. Right. And the fans are also like, yeah, we're good. And I think she really misses that. And now she's spiraling. So, okay, listen to this. Overall, who are criticizing the whole Bravo, NBC, and reality reckoning moment that's happening overall, come at me, bro, because I... Okay, so I just wanted to play one little part of that because she says, you know, the people who are criticizing the the whole reality reckoning moment movement that's happening, is it happening? Like, I, I tweeted this today, like... I, I don't see anything happening. Like, Bethany's still in the world that because she says it's happening, it's happening. But nothing's actually happening. She sent a letter to Bravo, which, okay, it was just a letter. And we haven't heard anything else since. And she's interviewed Raquel. She's got really no Bravo stars, current Bravo stars on her side. In fact, they're mostly speaking out against her on social media. And she's hasn't started a union. There's no union happening. And she hasn't achieved any sort of improvement for Bravo stars that we know of. And uh, like, that's it. So it's like the delusion is be is just it's wild. And she managed to find someone as delusional as her to come on this podcast, which is Raquel. I I feel kind of sad for Raquel because, especially when she said she wanted to create a podcast, because she actually could have made a lot of money by, at least off her first couple episodes, if she was willing to give all this information on her own podcast with her own ads and revenue. But now she's given it all away for free. Bethany didn't pay her for this interview. She made nothing. Bethany made all the money off the ads, took advantage. And now, no, everyone, like everything I see is everyone just being like, I'm done with Raquel. Okay, the interview's over. We never have to hear from her again. Like, that's it. You, your career's done. You're done. And you could have made money off of Scandaval just like your castmates did. You could have monetized and had merch or taken some opportunities or created them for yourself, even like from a villain perspective or gone on a villain reality show. Like there's things she could have done and she didn't do them, nor does she seem to be doing them. Which is why I said earlier in my part one, like she needs, she really needs like a good manager or someone to help her. I don't know who's guiding her. It seems like it's her parents and I don't think, like they don't know what they're doing. It's just, it's wild to watch. And she can't guide herself. Like, she does not have the wherewithal to, like, to manage her own career. She just doesn't. Like, that's, (laughs) there's no way. (sighs) All right. So I will be back with a Bravo breaking news episode on Monday where I will not be talking about this, but all the other Bravo breaking news that has come out over the last couple weeks, because I took a week off when I was on vacation at my in-laws cottage. So I'll do kind of like two weeks of the major stories. And 
I, if you're new here, I, every week I go over the major Bravo news of the week and like the little gossip word on the street stuff too. I give my thoughts, opinions, and snark about it and, you know, make sure that you are informed of all the tea. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this and until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo.